For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 82. I'm Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Oh, baby, I'm good. Because Toronto is down 4 nothing in the first period, and there's a complete meltdown happening in the uh, nation's capital, my nation's capital. Oh, it's just oh, right in my veins, just right in there. Oh, it feels so good. I just have a question for you. Because you're, cause you're, <laughs> cause you're, you're a hockey guy. You usually know what's going on in hockey, right? Sure, yeah. Is being down four goals after one good or bad? <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a big old B. That's a big old bad. Okay, I thought so. I just wanted to clarify that you don't want to be down by four goals after. You're, I mean, you're the Canadian of the bunch, so can you, yeah. I mean, it's your game. It's your sport. So I just wanted to make sure that you don't want to be down four goals after the no. first period of play. That <laughs> is confirmed. You definitely do not. Uh, I, I have to throw out some love to Arthur Staple. There's a oh a hashtag Stape troll going on. He says uh, his, he tweets out Leafs players are going to need a night. Sorry, it skipped night of support after all that booing. Oh wait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh Arthur oh. Staple. Oh. <laughs> I love it when Art gets like this. I love it. This is my favorite Arthur Staple. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, I love I love this. So I'm feeling good. Like I said, I need to smoke, even though I don't smoke. Don't start smoking, kids. It's not good for you. Um, but I'm just going to have a beer instead. How about that? There you go. Different mm-hmm. vice, but does just the same. <laughs> Very much so. Different vice. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, So, do you have an addition for us for episode number 82? We are number 82, like you said. It's the Martin Straka edition. He's the only player to ever wear number 82 for the Islanders. He wore it in the 1996 season uh, because he, I guess, he wasn't around very long, if I remember correctly. I don't remember him at all. (laughs) 22 games. Yeah, that's right. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He played 22 games in 95, 96, so he was in Ottawa, then then he stopped here, and then he went to Florida. He played 22 games, like I said, scored 12 points. 
12 points in 22 games? Yep. That's pretty good. That's a good return for Martin Straka. He was 23. Like, he was young at the time. So he's still peak Straka. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that's our edition, the Martin Straka edition. Interesting. Taking me down memory lane. I don't really remember him playing, but interesting. One, to say the least. Yeah. So with that, Mitch, let's get into our first topic, and it's going to be Matt Barzal, but not exactly. Let me explain. Okay, please. So Matt Barzal isn't having the same production that he did last year. Granted, neither is the most of the most of the team. They are playing much more of a defensive style game. That is part of the reason. But on top of that, it's also because he's had a revolving door of line mates, and it seems like each one of those guys have underachieved with him. So what we're going to do is talk about options for Matthew Barzell. Okay. Um, what do we do? Have we gone back in time and just changed the name from John Tavares to Matthew Barzell? It does feel like deja vu. It feels from like the like- same damn art, like argument all over again 2010 to 2015 <laughs> oh god i thought we were over with this but here we are Uh-oh. no so where do you want to begin with this conversation um i think we have to talk about why we're talking about this so i, I you kind of alluded to it that just uh, they haven't been very good who's next to him and it's been a revolving door of people um and then really just talk about his season as well uh, and the people around him, and then talk about the options that we are considering. Certainly. So let's start with his good pal, old friend, Anthony Beauvillier, who is attached to the hip at Matt Barzell, not only on the ice, but off the ice. Wolf. Un- unfortunately for Bo, he has not had a very good year production-wise. He has 16 goals, which is, that's a good number yeah, for definitely. 68 games. He has seven assists. That's not so good. That for is 20, so good. 23 points in 68 games is not going to do it for Anthony Bovillier. That is not top six production. Cases Ezekis almost has as many goals as points. Uh, as many goals as Bovillier has points. That sounds better. Okay, see, I was confused where you're going with that, yeah. but it all clicked for me now. Because <laughs> I, I added the proper words to the sentence to convey the idea I was trying to communicate. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got 19 goals. Bovillier's got 23 points. Um, just he's not having a good year and like you say he is attached to the hip or he has been for most of the season he did spend a significant portion of time playing on the third line with Komarov and uh, and Filpola and he was relatively successful there for a little bit and then he stopped being successful there and he has not been good all year and uh, something's going on there just something's not working with Beauvillier and then when you think like, okay we're great Beauvillier hasn't done well who's next on the turnstile like Josh Bailey, I guess, is his right winger? Yes, Josh Bailey. He has 50 points in 69 games, which is a pretty good return. Again, a little bit of a step back because he had, what, 71 points last year? I believe so, yes. It was definitely over 70. Pretty sure it was 71. Uh, But regardless, he has 14 goals, 36 assists. He's not really a finisher, obviously. His career high in goals, I think, is 18. Yes, so last year. You're not going to see the kind of, I guess, offensive output that you're looking for in a line if you're putting Barzal and Bailey together, especially when you have Anthony Bovilli on the other side? Yeah, well, that's the thing with Bailey is that Bailey's been good. 
Uh, he's been all right, but you you just haven't seen that spark between them for for whatever reason it is. It just it, it hasn't clicked. Even though like he he's okay, he's putting up what fifty five points. He's got fifty points this year. Sorry, uh, in sixty nine games, which is an okay return for a five million dollar player. Uh, sorry, six million dollar player. Um, but I just. You just don't see that chemistry, that connection on the ice. It just those fifty points might have been thirty, might have been forty. You just don't see it. That doesn't stand out. And it's not like he's not putting up highlight reel goals, which I guess he isn't necessarily. Um, but he, what am I trying to say here? My God, it's just you don't see it necessarily clicking like it was with Jordan Eberle last year where you can see the interplay between the two you're not seeing that necessarily with Josh Bailey and Matt Barzal it's just kind of like you happen to be there we both happen to have some talent and it's just kind of working that way but it's not like we're playing off of each other right and Barzal and Bailey are one and two on the team in points which isn't to say that either are bad players obviously we know that they're not it's just that for whatever reason They don't have the same chemistry. That line all year as, yes, at times Bailey has flashed and Barzal has flashed and even Anthony Beauvillier for a brief period of time flashed. It hasn't been consistent all year. That's true. So I, I want to correct my, my, my flub on his salary. It was $5 million. I'm not sure why I thought six. I guess I was thinking the number of years instead of the, the, the amount of dollars. But it is a $5 million cap hit. Um, I, I, yeah, you're right. Like I, I just don't see that, that, that fit. And maybe it's because, I think you mentioned it earlier, they're just kind of the same type of player. Right? Yeah, they're like, both kind of more pass-first, s- decent skater, can move around a little bit, where they don't really have a big goal score. Yeah, Bovile can give you maybe 20 goals, but that's not nearly enough to get you excited to playing alongside the other two. The thing Actually, with Bo is that he's not necessarily getting in the positions he needs to to score. So, yeah. Hey, sorry, what's your question? Do you think this line would work better if it was Anders Lee, Matt Barzal, and Josh Bailey to playing together? Yeah, 100%. I but think th- that, that sounds like the Tavares line all over again, doesn't it? Exactly. And while Tavares and Barzal are two different players, I think that Lee adds the quote a goal scorer on that line that would get at it because like think about it Lee can go to the front of the net and Barzal and Bailey are on the outside moving around making things happen Mm -hmm. and then Barzal could back check so you know there's that that's always good good point (laughs) good point I'd get a a good chuckle out of you I didn't get nothing I'll get you next time gadget um (laughs) (laughs) sorry uh, yeah, I, I like that line a lot because, like you said, Anders Lee can do some damage in front of the net. Um, if, if they, being Barzal and Bailey, can can move and open lanes and get pucks on net and just get them to bounce off the goalie or, or even get them to uh, to where Anders Lee can inflict maximum damage, so within the, like five-foot radius in front of the net, that's all he needs. He just needs service. It's just like in soccer. Like you can throw in a number of crosses if you want, but if you don't got a guy there who can bang in those crosses, good luck. Good luck. You're not going to score. Anders Lee's that guy where if you bang it across, he's going to get his head on it. In this case, it's a stick. And if you can get a pass into the slot, Anders Lee should be able to finish. It's just the Islanders are having a really hard time getting those passes into the slot. And if they do, they're not having a good time finishing because the guys who are sending it in don't have the guys to finish. And where the guys that are there to finish don't have the guys sending it in. So it's just, it just seems like a disconnect in terms of skill sets, in my opinion. And maybe it's it's more to it than just that. Maybe they're just on the 
the unlucky end of of decent shot blocking or pass blocking, but it just really seems like they're not getting it to where their guys who can finish need to have it. Yeah, I could agree with that. That's something that stands out a little bit. And uh, do you consider bringing Jordan Eberle up to that line and try to rekindle the Beauvillier, Barzal, or Eberle, or no because of how much he struggled this year? Uh, I'd like to try the Bailey, Barzal, Leaf combo first, and if that doesn't work, you know, you give it five. I guess there's so there's so few games this season, right? Like obviously there's 82 games in a season, but we're already going into game number 70 tomorrow. So like there's only 12 games, 13 including that one. Yeah. So you take five games to experiment. You you've got less than a third of the season left. You don't have yeah exactly. You don't have a lot of time to play with this and. Unfortunately, this is what the Islanders are left with shuffling up the lines because the, no, nothing else is, is coming. The trade deadline has passed. This is the roster that they have. So they can't do anything really this year to fix it except for change up the lines. Right. And, and we'll get into like change up the lines to try to get more goal scoring a little bit later. So let's go into from there. Now we know that the, where the issue is. Um, or what we, we think the issue might be, how do we address that going forward? And again, like you mentioned, we can't necessarily address that this year aside from changing up the lines, which we'll talk about later in a different capacity. Uh, we can't trade because the trade deadline's over and we didn't bring no one in. Uh, what can we do next season then in terms of trying to address this and bringing someone that he can play with? Okay, so I have three options and I wrote something this week. That's why it's in the rundown. I wrote three options to help Barzal in 2019 and 2020. So I want to preface this because obviously some of the big names are, you know, are Timmy Panarin on the market. But in years past, the Islanders haven't had much luck when it comes to getting the cream of the crop free agent to sign here. Correct? Yeah, very much. That is very true. Unless we overpay the beep out of them. Right. Vis-a-vis Andrew Ladd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what I did was I went to the second tier and went to try a fine there. And then, so I have two free agents and one trade. So we'll run through that and we'll get your thoughts. The first guy on my list is Ryan Dezingle. He was traded this year. He's having a breakout year for Ottawa before being traded to Columbus. So in at the point of writing it, he had 47 points. I don't know if that's changed. Probably not. If he includes last night, then no, because he scored two points. Or sorry, he put up three points last night okay, against so, the Boston Bruins. Okay, so no, he has fifty in sixty-six games, so he's productive. Yeah, twenty-three, so. 23 goals, twenty-seven assists. So the contract that I gave him was five years for twenty-four point two five million, which is four point eight five million AAV. And what I did was I considered the. Elias Lindholm contract that he got. That's where I got my numbers from. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't mind that option, right? Like, he's he's been good so far this year, like you said, for the Ottawa Senators. He's been okay for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and uh, he's not going to cost a ton. He really isn't. So that, seems, that sounds like an effective option, and you probably don't have to give him term either. You could probably give him four years, maybe. He'll probably take fair. that. Um, 
And then you're giving yourself a top six option because that's what we're looking for is top six players. It doesn't mean it doesn't need to be top of the top, but obviously the tops of the pops are as close to the top that we can get, the better. Um, but that that's a good place to start, I think, is Ryan Zingle. I don't want to uh, make my bed with the first option though. So I want to I want to hear these other two options you got cooking before I say yay or nay. Okay. My second option's a little bit further down, but hear me out because I think this one might be able to potentially work. Obviously, I would prefer other options, but again, we're looking at the second tier and a trade option. So this one is Michael Furland. He has 35 points in 58 games this year. Last year, he had 41 points. He's got 17 goals so far this year. Okay, He is what I like to call Anders Lee Light. He goes in front of the net. He's very big. He's 6'1", 217. He's pretty much, he'll clean up the mess in front of the net. Has a little bit of skill. I think that he could potentially fill that role. If you want to keep Anders Lee on the top line with Brock Nelson, then you could have essentially a poor man's version of him on that second line with Matt Barzell. And I said I would give him maybe something like four years, 17 million, so 4.25. 4.25 for Michael Furland. I'm not sure. I don't know. I just I it, maybe it's just because the name isn't sexy. The name isn't sexy enough for me. No, it, it's not. I agree with you. Like when I was look again, I was looking at the second tier options for he, this. So yeah. going through these names, I was like, how can I think of someone where you can maybe get bang for your buck value? And that's what I was trying to do with Furland. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I don't know, man. Like, I, he he might be better than than, uh, than the the credit you give him. I, I don't know if he'll be an Andersley light. He's not necessarily huge. Six one two seventeen. Um, he's twenty six. That's not too bad. Uh, it's just he's having that that one. He had forty one points last year. He's on for better than that this year. Maybe. Uh, we're getting another forty point player. That's a Brock Nelson. At this point, you'll take that because Anthony Beauvillier is not going to give you that. Jordan <laughs> Everly isn't giving you that. Yeah, I know. Okay, fair enough. All right. Okay, I, I of the two options so far, I like him the least. Who is your third option? My third option is a trade. Yes. So what we're going to do okay. is we're going to get the Edmonton Oilers on the phone because they oh, are baby. a hot mess. And the Islanders and Oilers, yes, different general managers, but we're quite familiar in recent history. Correct. So who I would look to pry is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He has a six-year, uh, excuse me, $6 million cap hit for the next two years. And let's pull up some numbers for Ryan Nugent Hopkins because I instead pulled up his salary at first. <laughs> he has 58 points in 69 games. Okay. I like Nugent Hopkins. I do. And I think he's giving you that versatility. Yes, you can put him on the wing, but you can also probably put him down the middle. Well, you definitely could. He's a center. Right. Number one overall pick at one point. There's some skill there. Uh, and, and anything that goes to Edmonton, aside from Connor McDavid, goes to die, it seems. Um, and then gets rejuvenated somewhere else. Although, I guess maybe not for uh, Jordan Eberle this year. Mm. Uh, I I would be interested. So so sorry. What did you give him again? I, I was looking up free agent options so I can come up with at least something and in, instead of I just being one did, way. I did not give him a contract because he still has two years left at six million dollars. 
Right, but what? Sorry, what did you trade for him? It was a first. Oh, it was what did Bo? I trade for him? Okay, sorry, I didn't say that. So oh, okay, that's on good. me. Um, a first round pick, Beauvillier and Josh Hosang. <sighs> yeah, I don't know if we're gonna have to give up both of those, but yeah, I, I'm fine with that. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. I'm okay with that. I would be. Uh, maybe it is overpaying. It could be. I, I'm not saying it's overpaying. I'm just saying. I think we could get him for less because the Edmonton Oilers might be desperate to clear some cap space. So it is if it is less, even better. But it's it seems like if that was the package, you would be okay with it. Yes. I obviously would be too because I put it in there. But <laughs> it, at this point, it never it doesn't look like Josh Hosang is going to have a future with the Islanders. No, Anthony Beauvillier, you'd have to clear something out of your top six to get something in. Mm-hmm. So he is your roster player that you're moving, and the first round pick. They had two last year, so you can afford to move one. Yeah, and, and for the Edmonton Oilers, that looks like a good deal. You're getting a guy with top six skill, two guys with top six skill, and a first-round pick. Um, Hosang could play in your top six and still give you more skill outside of Connor McDavid. He could even play with Connor McDavid. They're buddies. Oh, my God. That would be phenomenal. Right? Um, and if not, then you put a guy like Ryan Zingle, essentially, or who do they have uh, playing next to him now, him being Connor McDavid? I'm blank. Alex Chieson, I think it is. Why am I blanking on his name? I'm pretty sure it's Chieson who's got like 18 goals or something like that this year. Yeah, 19 goals this year. You're getting a guy like that that could play next to Connor McDavid and Alex Chieson, just a lot younger, right? Chieson's 28, Bo's 21, 22? 21. And you can get him for a lot less. Like Chieson's shirt, maybe not a lot less, but you can get him for cheap. Chieson's making 650 this year. You'll probably have to give Bo like 2 million, and you could probably do it for two years. And you'll be all right. You send Nugent out. You, you you're now saving four million dollars on the cap, and you're probably not going to have to pay Joshua Sang much either because you uh, don't actually know what he is at the NHL level. You could play the dumb card, and you don't give him another uh, or give him a bridge deal just like Bo. And let's say you you do max two. You probably don't have to do that, but let's just roll with the high level. Um, that's four million dollars, and you've cleared off two million on your cap. And you're getting two players that you plug right into. Maybe your middle six. Exactly. So I think that's a pretty good deal for the Edmonton Oilers. Again, I think we could probably do it for less, but if, you know, push comes to shove and Gretzky or whoever the GM happens to be at that time pushes for both of those, I'd do it. I'd be okay with that. Absolutely. So that could potentially be some down the line options to go with Matthew Barzell. Those three guys I mentioned. Obviously, Artemi Panarin is going to be talked about a lot. But the chances of him signing here, I wouldn't put at very high. No, well, it's possible. Like, there's a lot of big names. Like Jeff Skinner might. That's that's a guy I'd be interested in in terms of like the the, the big names out there. Um, William Carlson would be interesting, although like there's a reason he's might be available. He's got 44 points right now. Although he's sorry, he's RFA, not UFA. Um, the one guy that I did bring up here, and I don't know what happened to the window is, um, God, where is Sam Bennett? He's got 26 points this season. He plays on, he could play both wings. He could play down the middle. Um, he did have one, like he's, he's pretty average at 26 points. That doesn't sound like a lot, but there's potential there. That's a player who was drafted fourth overall just four years ago. Oh, good. So him and Michael Dalcol could be 2014 rejects together. Well, this guy's played in the NHL for the last four years. So like chill. Um, he, he's put 36, 26, 26, 26 again this year. So he'll probably score more than 26 this year. 
Um, but he could probably sit in our top six and, and, and do more. Like, this is already more than Bo's doing. And at least you know what you're getting. He's 6'1", 195, so bigger than Bo. Uh, probably a little bit stronger than Bo is. Um, you're, you're getting something here. And he's only making 195 on the cap. You probably don't have to sign him for much. And if he explodes, great. So if you're looking for a, a, a bargain bin deal, this is probably a guy that I'd look at. If if he's even available, right? Like you'd have to trade to get him because he'd be an RFA. And if I'm not mistaken, the Calgary Flames, yeah, the $1.1 million in cap space, um, they'll be fine. They'll be able to re-sign him. So, But they, they've got a bunch of top guys signed under deals. Like they got... Um, five players already signed in their in the forward core with Goudreau, Monahan, Neal, Backlund, Lindholm. Uh, that, that's that's already five guys that are clogging up your top six. If you're looking for another one, this is probably a guy I would look at. Yes, and he is playing on their third line right now, so that would be a little bit of a bump in ice time for him. 100%. And if these guys are going to pay Matthew Tuchuk, um, which they probably will because he's up now, uh, and he's got 68 points this year. Uh, <laughs> you know, they probably make room for someone like Sam Bennett. Yeah. So that's, a good point. that's my contribution to the Matthew Barzell. Second tier option. Yes. Group. Aside from like the obvious names. Besides the obvious names. Okay. So are we good with that or do we want to get into anything else? No, I think we're good with that. Now, it's not to say that these are the only options that they have available, but these are the off the board ideas. And, and if you have some... Let us know. Right, because obviously like our Tem- everyone's going to say, oh, our Temi Panarin. But if you got something that's maybe a little outside the box or another name where you think he might be a fit, let us know in the comments or get at us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter or on the Facebook page at Eyes on Isles. That's right. Okay. Next. So ne- next up on the list, we kind of hit on it a little bit in that first segment was the Islanders top six not being too good. There's an overall goal-scoring issue, though, that the Islanders have faced, specifically the last nine games. In those last nine games, they've scored two goals or less five times. <laughs> yeah, it's not been good. I think in the eight games since the trade deadline, they have scored 2.64 goals four per game, which is lower than their average 2.84 goals four per game. And they're already not very good in terms of scoring, right? Like, they rank 20th in the league in terms of scoring uh, per game. Yeesh. Um, scoring is an issue. I, I wrote something just today uh, saying that scoring is an issue, but the-, the issue they're having now and the reason that they're not winning is team defense. It's not scoring. Scoring has been an issue all year. The reason they're not winning right now is because a combination of that, but it's really just the fact that they've let up on their team defense. But what we're looking at now is just why haven't they been able to score goals? And what um, can they do about it? I have I have a fix. Okay. What's your fix, Fixer? Be be better on the power play. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, of course. That that would be the, the first place to look. Yes. They have gone over on the power play for the last nine games. No. God, that's so bad. Nine games in a row. So, Mitch, let's do the math here. <laughs> okay. They have they have put on their skates and then taken them off <laughs> nine times. They were going there. They have played not one, not two, not three, 27 periods straight without a power play goal. So 27 times 20 is what? What are we working with? 
That is 540 minutes without a power play. However else you want to break power that play down. Goal. Power play goal. Yeah. You want to times that by 60? You want to know how many seconds? <laughs> 32,400 seconds without a power play goal, Mitch. This is a long time. It's really bad. It's really, really. And they didn't even, they haven't even scored out of the five on three. They've got two five on three goals and six opportunities this year. Yuck. Uh, I think they're at 26th in the league on the power play right now. So that's my biggest concern. Was it yeah. because the offense? Power play. That's number one for me. Yeah, because that's the entire point of the power play. We've taken a person off of the other team's... Sorry, we've taken one of the other team's player off of the ice for two full minutes to give you the chance to score, and you've whiffed on it nine games straight. Uh, bad. And that's not the first time they've done something like this, right? Like, there was the beginning of the, uh, December, I think it was, where they went like 10 games in a row without scoring a darn power play goal. Just disgusting. This power play is absolutely revolting. And you're right. They 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 change that, then that that helps in the goal scoring department. But I, I don't think it makes uh, a huge impact. All right, what's your idea? Um, they they need to switch these lines around for sure. First and foremost, they need to switch something. Oh, Toronto's down five nothing. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, go Chicago, go. Um, yeah, they need to switch the lines around. Like we 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 talked about it earlier. So put. Put Lee, put Barzal, and put Bailey together. See what happens there. So that leaves you with Bo, Nelson, Eberle. That's not too bad. Like, Bo, or uh, Bailey's, or Bailey, Jesus. Nelson has been really good at, at, at contributing in terms of creating plays. The way he's able to take the puck up the gut and into the offense has been eye-opening, at least for me. Um, no, definitely this year. It looks like someone else is in a 29 jersey. Yeah, exactly. Completely. So the fact that he's able to do that, if he can continue doing that, and he's got a, another shooter to give to in Anthony Beauvillier. And, and to be fair, uh, Jordan Eberle isn't, not to knock him, but he's a pretty good shooter too. He is. He's struggling right now. He hasn't scored a goal in 15 games, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. But like He can. He's got the ability. We've seen him use that ability and score goals. He's just not doing it right now. No. For whatever stupid reason. Uh, another good one would be to bring up that kid Hosang. I don't oh. know if you've heard of him. Yeah, exactly. And that kid, bring him up because, uh, I don't know, give him a shot. See what happens. I don't understand why Barry Trotz just does not like him whatsoever. Like, did he insult him to his face or something? Maybe. Maybe That's made the fun of his bald head. <laughs> Maybe. Yo, baldy. I don't want to play. Like, that's the only thing I could think of, because, like, there's no reason to not play him, especially when you're playing the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, Michael Dalcole played well, but you know what? You called him up, give him a shot, see what happens. See what happens. What about, what are you doing on the third line? Are you playing Lad or Scratching Lad? I'm probably Scratching Lad in favor of Michael Dalcole. I agree um, with you. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I like what Michael Dalcole has been able to do so far. But I would be okay if uh, if Barry did the opposite and had his like fix it Felix line and kept it that way, with a with an Andrew Ladd type player there. Yeah, the Ladd Filipovic trio I think is a pretty solid third line. I I could live with that. They're all three of them are veterans, and come playoff time they should knock on wood. This is when the veteran experience is supposed to show its true colors. So hopefully they put it together then. I it just stinks because you know that what you're working with 
isn't great when you're trying to come up with these line combinations to spark something. It's like you're almost picking names out of a hat to see what could possibly work. So and that's why we started talking at the top of the show about options for Matthew Barzell, because the one problem that the Islanders have is talent, the level of talent, not the level of talent, the accumulation of talent. We just don't have enough of it. Um, and that's that's a huge problem for the Islanders, because when you, you, you're, like you said, trying to make up these lines, you're like, OK, let's um, Bo, Nelson, Eberle. And you're like, that sounds OK, except Bo's got 23 points his name and hasn't scored a goal in like 50 billion years. Um, Jordan Eberle, he's been hiding under a rock for the last couple of while, last little bit, and then you got Barack Nelson carrying the line. Let me say that again: Barack Nelson is carrying the line. What That's world not are we something, living in? Yeah, like what happened? Did like the four horsemen of the apocalypse come by overnight that we just didn't notice? And like just three sixty, is this now a parallel universe where Barack Nelson is really, 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 really good? Uh, I'm all for it. It's just I didn't see that coming. No, nobody did. And so that's the problem is because you have no other options. So you're stuck with what you've got. Uh, and I know, I know we didn't bring anyone in at the trade deadline. I know no one came in, uh, but it's not, it wasn't for a lack of trying. Uh, Lou tried to bring someone in. It's just he didn't want to meet their price. So, uh, and you can lambast him for that if you want. You can say, like, Lou should have been willing to trade some of our higher assets, but I, I, I'm very firm on the, Let's not do that. Let's not act hastily just yet. The Islanders know what they are right now. They they know they're punching above their weight with what they've got. Um, they don't want to react too quickly to something that is uh, outside of the norm. And like, oh, we're we're almost there. Let let let's go. Let's let's throw everything at this because that's this is not what is going to win you sustainably over the years. This is good for now, but it's not going to win sustainably. Um, so they need to, at when you go into 2019, uh, 2020, that's when you start bringing in some long-term pieces. And not just pieces that are going to come in and go like we would have got at the trade deadline. Guys that have term or guys that you can keep on term and not like 30-year-old veterans that you signed for seven years for no stupid reason. Um, 26-year-old guys will say, and then you give them the eight years. Or 24-year-old guys on term. That's what you look. That's what the Islanders should be looking for. Yes. You hit, you hit the nail on the head there, Mitch. You convinced me. I, I became a spectator of you talking. Yeah, that, was bad podca- that was bad podcasting. I let your monologue there for a bit, but I was really intrigued, so I wanted to let you go. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, you need to stop me sometimes. Just just, just a hand signal, something. Wave me on to first base or, or whatever it is. I don't know what they do. Um, we need a signal. We need to work out some, some base running signals or something. It'll be okay. Um, I agree with a lot of what you just said. As for can they really do anything about this? You kind of this is going to be a really lame answer, but you kind of got to hope that these guys just start figuring out because like you said, no one else is coming. They're not. I mean, maybe they call up Joshua saying, but I would be absolutely stunned if they did and let him play. This is the group that you are going to see the rest of the season, the next 13 games, and in the playoffs for however far you go. So you got to hope that Jordan Eberle gets hot. you got to hope that Anthony Beauvillier figures out how to play hockey in the next couple of weeks consistently. That's really the thing is you got to play to the back of your hockey card. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and that, that's going to be it. it. We're not – no one else is coming. Uh, it, it's really – 
I think that's just what we have to live with. It's it's not that I don't think we're going to see more goal scoring. I really don't. This team isn't going to start throwing out four goals a night. It's not going to happen. They're going to sit at that 2.8, 2.85 range um, for the rest of the season, well into the playoffs. I know that this game is suited for the playoffs as well, right? Like this is playoff hockey type of thing that they've been playing all year. So technically they've been getting ready for it. Uh, I'm talking myself and in, myself into them being really good in the playoffs. Um, but it's what we had. That's the, the silver lining here is that they don't have anyone else, but they've been playing quote unquote playoff hockey all year. So like maybe that'll translate in the playoffs and we can see some success. Yes. And a big reason for their success has been their play in net. Thomas Grice has been very good this year. And someone else who's been very good is coming back. Robin Leonard, who Mm -hmm. got injured against the Ottawa Senators. So we'll talk about his injury. And then we'll also talk about right now that he is going to be back. He will be dressing in tomorrow night game. The word on if he is starting the game, but he will dress as Christopher Gibson was sent back to Bridgeport. Right. Uh, First off, on the hit that sidelined him, I didn't like the reaction from the Islanders. I didn't like that they just didn't jump on Matthew to Chuck. I'm not saying you Brady. need to pummel this guy. Sorry, Brady. God, there's too many of them. I know. Um, that they didn't jump on Brady to Chuck. And I'm not saying they need to punch him into next week or put him in a coma or anything violent like that. But they need to just show a, some sort of reaction. Just a shove. Let him know you're there. A shove. Get on him. Intimidate him. Show him like, you can't do that. You do that. My fists are going to get in your face. Uh, and, and again, I'm not saying you, you have to punch the crap out of this guy, but you need to do a hockey thing and you need to get your fist dirty there. Um, even if you don't win the bout, although you probably will. He's just a kid. Um, you need to tell him. You need to send a message saying that's not OK. You can't do that. Like you did against Jake Voracek, right? Yeah. He nailed Johnny Boychuk and the first guy to, to ring the bell was Josh Bailey. Which is pretty consistent for him. He as yeah. not a big he's not a big guy. He's not a fighter. But whenever something like that happens, isn't it weird that it always seems like he's usually the first guy over there? It's he recognized he recognized that that situation was not acceptable and he did something about it. As best as he didn't do much, uh, Voracek got the most you know the most damage done if anything. But he he sent the message and that's the important part is we're not going to stand for that. And the Islanders didn't do that when Rob Robin Leonard got run over absolutely run over. You know, Brock Nelson should have, like, you know, cleaned up his mistake saying, like, I extended my hands, but I'm going to extend my fists now. Oh, Toronto scored. Darn it. 5-1. I'm right there with you. I think that they had to be a little bit more aggressive and show that, hey, you can't hit our goalie like that. And we know the whole fiasco. We talked about it at length about whether it was goalie interference or not. I don't get into that anymore. But realistically, what I do want to talk about is – the impact that it had on the Islanders. So Thomas Grice had to be written out for a few games. Was it three games in a row that he started? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So we'll go with that three games in a row. Now Robin Leonard is coming back. I think the Islanders are catching a huge break here just because, listen, with all due respect to Christopher Gibson, there's a reason why he's in the AHL at 27 years old. We understand what he is. He's an emergency goalie. And Robin Leonard although he might at this point probably hasn't started as many games as Thomas Grice has, he's been the starter for most of the year at this point now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I think you're you're right in terms of numbers that um, Thomas Grice now has more starts by maybe five or something, or they've drawn even. I'm going to just try to bring it up now. 
sorry, this beer is getting me all gassy. Um, but yeah, I think it's great that we were able to get our two guys back. I was really worried that we'd lose Robin Leonard for a little bit longer than he was or than he was out for just because like he has concussion issues or he's had concussion issues in the past. Um, and obviously you, you don't want him to see, uh, you don't want him to go through that again. Uh, you don't want anyone to go through that again. No. Um, but the fact that he's back and he's back quickly, that's good. Uh, and if he can, if he can continue where he left off, and I'm sure he will, um, that's great for the Islanders because they get that one A one A tandem back. And I'm I'm very careful to say one A one A. That was not a flub by me. Mm-hmm. Um, these are two goalies that are on par with each other, right? Like if we look at it, they don't they, have the, the wins. They but both like have a nine twenty seven, I think. Right? Is it a nine twenty seven? That's incredible. I'm You're pretty right. sure they nine, both do. They have a 927 goals against average. Leonard is slightly above in terms of the goals against, sorry, 927 save percentage. And the goals against average is 219 for Leonard, 226 for Grice. Uh, Grice has started 37 games. Leonard has started 38. Okay. Or they've played. That's the number of games played. So there you go. So just about almost identical seasons, realistically, which is scary. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's bad. And it, four shutouts for Leonard, five for Grice. Like, it, incredible stuff. Absolutely incredible stuff. One question I have for you, because it appears the Islanders are going to be in the playoffs this year, unless something catastrophic happens in the next 13 games, which nobody is wishing, obviously. But yeah. considering that the Islanders will likely be in a playoff spot this year, yeah. game one, yeah. who starts? Leonard. I agree with you. And, and and just said that just because he's the one who started the season, he's clearly the the guy they brought in to, to be in that position. Uh, it, it might change if Grice just outplays him completely. If he goes on 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 a run where he's stopping everything and he's you know maybe two goals max against per game, then you got to run with the hot hand. Um, but but at this point, it's Leonard's position. It's it's Leonard's to lose in my eyes. I'm right there with you. I know that technically the first game this year, Thomas Grice started because Leonard wasn't quote-unquote ready yet. Yes. Robin Leonard's his first start was the second game of the year. They went with Thomas Grice on opening night because he wasn't Right, because he started ready. the first game at home. Yes. yes. So with the, four, with the shutout. With the right. shutout. Okay, thank you. I, I, like I said, well, Mitch really said it. He laid out their stats. They've been virtually identical, just Leonard has the edge slightly in goals against, so really you're okay with either one, but I think, and I don't want this to come off as a knock on Thomas Grice, because I think he is very good, I just think when he has to get ridden, he can sometimes break down a little bit. Yeah, you're right. Like the longevity might not be there necessarily, but like again, the guy's 33, I'm going to say. Uh, he's not necessarily young. Yeah, he's 33 years old. Whereas uh, Robin Leonard is, I'm going to say, 26. He's either he's 26 supposed to be or just RFA. turned 27. He just turned 27. So um, he's got he's got you know, six years on Thomas Grice. Um, that, that's great. I keep forgetting how young he is. Uh, so I'm fine with that though. Like. It, Running Robin Leonard over Thomas Grice because it, it's not it's not a knock. You, the, you, in a game where there's only two guys in one position, one guy's got to get the position over the other. That's just how it works. And, and it's not because one has been bad that the other gets it. It's just one is better. Like you're good, you've been great, but this guy's this guy's been like marginally greater. So like I got to give it to him. Yes, I I'm pretty confident either way. Um, 
Anything else on these two goalies? I'm just stoked to have him back. I'm really stoked to have Robin Leonard back. I hope everything's fine. I hope it wasn't more than just like a whiplash type of thing. Because the thing that you worry about that is when guys come across your head is not just the impact on the head, but it's the head moving away and the the effect on the neck muscles uh, and obviously the vertebrae. So like you don't want any significant damage. Uh, obviously, you don't want a concussion, but like it seems that everything's fine. So good. Very good. Glad to see it. Glad that Robin Leonard is coming back, and hopefully we see him in net pretty soon, if not tomorrow. So last thing we get to before we get into the social segment and all that fun stuff, I post you a question. Okay. What's the deal with the struggles? Uh, I think we already we already kind of alluded to this, and it's just the Islanders team defense over the last like seven or eight games has just not been the same. I don't know why. I don't know why all of a sudden, and Barry Trotz kind of alluded to that in an post game, saying at this time of year, guys just get uh, not not bored, but it, I'm, I'm going to use that word anyways. They just kind of get bored in a sense, like we've done the same thing all year. We just get into a routine, and then you kind of take it. Uh, I'm going to use a different word that okay. I think you'll like better. Okay, complacent. Yeah, that's a good one. They do. They get complacent with the strategy, and then they just. You know, they, they kind of cheat and they get a little lazy. It's not that they are lazy. It's just they get a little lazy. They think they've got this down path and they try something like, oh, I'll just do this. It's just as good as what I've been doing all year. But it isn't. And it ain't. Yeah. Let's, so they've been oh, getting away from that. Over an 82-game schedule. That's a long year. It's, it's bound to happen. You're going to go through a couple of stretches. Obviously, we hit the panic button, myself included. I was banging on that panic button a lot the last week or two. But I think it's natural, especially because the struggle is happening towards the end of the year when you're leading into the playoffs. Yeah, this is absolutely the worst time to have a cold streak going into the... Maybe not the absolute worst time. The absolute worst time is if the playoffs are tomorrow. Yes. They still have, like you said, 13 games to sort this out. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that's still enough. It certainly is, and you're hoping that maybe by the last three, four games, you pick it back up into high gear and you ride that momentum into a playoff series. And ultimately they did just win their last game on Sunday. Yes. Monday. When the heck did Monday. they play? Monday. Yeah, it was Monday because they played on Saturday. Okay. So against Columbus when they That's won right. two nothing. And, and that was a more, is a better performance. I'm not going to say it was a good performance. Like their, their team defense was, was kind of there. It just wasn't the same. Like we said during the post game. So again, uh, maybe not again, but the first time we say after every game, we record a podcast over on our Patreon. So make sure to go there. It's patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. And for five bucks a month, you get uh, full access to everything, including the post game content, the post game half hour to 45 minute podcast that we record every night after every game. And in that one against the Columbus Blue Jackets, we talked about the high dangers, uh, of course, our chances for and chances against. And in that second period of the 12 shots the Columbus Blue Jackets got, eight of them were high danger ones. That's not like the Islanders. That's not no. Islanders defensive hockey. So while, while they did get the shutout and they did win and they looked better, it's still not peak Islanders defense. No, absolutely not. And so that's what they have to sort out this within the next 13 games is they have to get everyone back on track and getting into that like that group hive mentality almost because that's how this works is that everyone has a part everyone has a function and everyone has to uh, deliver on that function on that part at a hundred percent without giving up a mistake. 
Uh, and and they were they were doing they've been doing that the last like eight games. So if they can cut that out, and I'm sure they can, they'll be fine. Doesn't mean that they'll be Stanley Cup favorites, but like they'll be fine. They could they could do some damage in the playoffs. Yes, and if they exactly that if they play their game, they are built for the playoffs. Is because it is fundamentally sound, defensive mindset, good goalie play. Great goalie play. Top two goalies in the league. So, yeah, fantastic stuff. Like you said, built for the playoffs. Just absolutely built for the playoffs. So with that, do you want to get into the social segment, my good friend? Yes, let us do that because I've got a few things. I got got two things, um, but I'll I'll let you go first if you want to. Okay. So my first thing is, I don't know if you've seen, but there has been a petition going around that (laughs) has since gone viral. Um, basically, it's asking for signatures for the Belmont Arena, which is fine. It was created by a fan. Understand that. Wanted to go through. That's great, right? So far, we're good. Nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. No. This is when it starts to get scary, Mitch. The New York Islanders Hockey Club, the official New York Islanders, sent out an email linking to this uh, I just lost the word that it, I just said it. What is it called? The petition. Petition to sign your name on this petition and show support for the New York Islanders. That that is a bad optic, Mitch. I don't yeah. like that one bit. I don't like it one bit either. I, I get it, and I know where they're coming from. Is that this is supporting the thing that we want everyone to support? I get it. It's just the optics aren't great. Like, oh, we desperately, it, it sounds and it looks like we desperately need you guys to support this because, oh, we're having a hard time. And that's probably not what's actually happening. That doesn't sound like the reality. It just, that's the optics that it gives off. It's just, they need our support that bad that they're going to send out an email. Oh, is, it, is this thing in trouble? Like, that's the leap. That's the, 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 the leap to conclusion that everyone is going to make. Mm-hmm. And that's not what you want. You, you just spent the last week saying like, hey, we're, we're on schedule. Don't worry. We're on schedule. Yes, environmental assessments are happening. We're still on schedule. And then to be like, hey, sign this petition so we get this arena. And you're like, ooh, that one thing is not like the other yeah, here. Yeah. Hold the phone for a second. Let's back <laughs> this thing up. What is it really? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Not so looking that was good. Mine. That was mine. Uh, I don't know what you got for okay. the social. I got two. Uh, first... Uh, if you go up on Twitter, uh, Offside Tavern NYC, so at Offside underscore Tavern, I'm sure you've all heard of it. It's the Islanders Bar in Manhattan. They had a tweet that they sent out just today at 12.37 p.m., and it says, I can't believe someone just waltzed in here yesterday and wrote on our flag. Hashtag rude. And there's a signature on their flag, and it says, Go Isles with a bunch of squiggly lines and a number 27. I'm in. The captain, I, I, I assume it was the cap. it was Anders Lee. I assume that's who they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of other people who wore number 27, but I can't imagine they would care that much about some of them. Uh, um, but this number 27. Islanders legend Michael Pekka? <laughs> Maybe it's Pekka. I can't tell. It's squiggly lines. And they don't say it. <laughs> but everyone's saying it's, their ca- it's the captain. And I, I'm also on the impression that it's Anders Lee. Well, okay. legend Michael Pekka was a captain too, Mitch. Oh, God. Like. Fine. Maybe it was Michael my boy Pekka. Like that. Don't disrespect my boy like that. I mean, Michael Pekka went to Offside Tavern and signed something. It doesn't look like a Pekka. There's like an L and then two little lines, you know, maybe indicating two E's. Anyways, Anders Lee signed this thing, not Michael <laughs> Pekka. And I effing love it. I love no, that's that he's, great. 
enamoring himself in Islanders lore. He's showing up to the Islanders bar that's, you know, planting its Islanders flag in Manhattan. And he's like, yep, I'm going to sign this. I'm going to legitimize this establishment. Perfect. Hashtag that's my captain. It's a long hashtag, but still. That is. But that's one of my favorite and one of Lou Lamarillo's favorite chants from the Toronto game, apparently. Mm, perfect. That, is, that, was a good, that was a good one. Uh, do you have anything else? No, all you, buddy. Okay, next one. Uh, it's not necessarily social, but it kind of is. So we talked about the Jake Voracek hit on Johnny Boychuk and, and the reaction and, and how people didn't like it and how Josh Bailey tried to beat Jake Voracek's head in, uh, which is great to see. Uh, after the game, uh, there was a post by NBC Philly. So that's NBC Sports Philadelphia. And they talked about the hit and how Johnny Boychuk was, you know, goading, uh, maybe not goading, but yelling after Jake Voracek. Uh, Voracek said it was very WrestleMania-like. But that's not what I want to bring up here. I want to bring up the comments that this writer, uh, Jordan Hall, wrote. Uh, this is probably just a troll account from Jordan Eberle and Taylor Hall, but either way. Uh, so he says, The play wasn't dirty, and he, he, meaning Voracek, has no history of maliciousness. The guy is a playmaker for crying out loud, not an enforcer. Hold the phone. Are you telling me that a playmaker is not allowed or is in, it's impossible? It's beyond the realm of possibility that a playmaker can, even if you don't want to call it a dirty play, can hit someone illegally. That's not possible because he makes plays. Can't no, only Not in my only, world. No thanks. Only players named Tom Wilson. Like... What world does this person live in? I like I get you're a homer, but it doesn't mean you can be an idiot. Like, come on, man. I I get it. Like you didn't you didn't like the penalty and you thought that that was a fair hit. All right, fine. You can say that and he does, but to say that he's not a dirty player because he's a playmaker, that doesn't make sense. That's not something that exists. That you can't say that because that is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it's not the only thing. Um, right here it is. There's one more thing. So he talks about Johnny Boychuk being injured on the play, and that's why Voracek got five minutes. But he was saying, unfortunately, so this is talking after the hit, unfortunately, Boychuk, not expecting Voracek's awareness, went down on the play and never returned to the game. However, the injury wasn't severe enough to stop him from calling out Voracek as he left the ice. Oh, give me a break. Come on. Yeah. I could dislocate my shoulder, but that means I'm not allowed to use my mouth or my other hand because we have two of them. We're human beings. We have two hands, and they're not connected one to the other directly. I can use my right hand as I flail around stupidly while my left one is broken. Like, that's a thing. That's possible. But this guy doesn't seem so. Like, well, you, you shouldn't be waving your finger if you're hurt on your shoulder. You should be um, taking that. That's how things go. I guess they're not tough enough in Philly to use one hand when the other one's broken. I thought they were tough. I don't know. Unbelievable. No grit. No, no grit. Unreal. Anyways, I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to vent because it was the re- most ridiculous thing ever. And good for Jake Voracek for getting suspended, conti- like still keeping up on that two-game suspension. Yes. Tried to appeal and he failed. He should have got more games for that. Stupid appeal on a two-game suspension, please. Unbelievable. All right, Mitch. Almost unconscionable. Ridiculous. Unconscionable? Unconscionable. That's the Good word. Good SAT word. To fire it up. Uh, so with that, we're going to get some plugs in before we get yes, on out of here. Okay. So 
Wherever you are listening to this podcast, please make sure to like, subscribe, rate and review, all that fun stuff. I don't know if you could like a podcast. I think I just mixed in YouTube lingo with the podcast. I'm sure there are certain services where you can like. Well, like, just give it a like. Whatever you just want give to give it do. a like. Just Show like the it love. personally as you're you're walking home from work or you're on the bus. Like, I like this podcast. To yourself, to the person next to you, wherever. Just like it. So we appreciate all the love there, of course, and anything you do to share that. We love that. Also, you can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at T-L-O Mitch. You could like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, for all your New York Islanders content needs. You could also visit the website, eyesonisles.com. And of course, please make sure to subscribe to the Patreon where we do post-game content for every single game you're getting a podcast including the upcoming playoffs including the playoffs bonus there you go mm-hmm. bonus content and mailbag and newsletter and all kinds of good stuff lots of fun stuff going on you won't regret it and you definitely won't regret tuning into this podcast every week so we appreciate you we love you with that i'm matt o'leary he's mitch anderson that'll do it for us this week we'll talk to you guys next week see you next week Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.